Does everybody know what time it is? I think you mean, can you smell what Jill is cooking? (laughs) Yes, I can. It's grunt work. Have you ever met a girl who you tried to date? But a year to go out, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story about JTT's situation, writing articles with a girl who loves the auto-vocation. The way that they met was working at the paper, but Randy got disappointed when he tried to sway her, because you, you got what I need. And that's a brand new episode of Grunt Work, the only home improvement podcast that's totally cool taking this at whatever pace you feel comfortable with. (laughs) I'm your host... Truman, the re-elect Senator Jason Mancaps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon, the chicken cacciatore down on Sullivan Street, Man Solano. <laughs> wow. I, I don't think anyone has ever pulled Biz Marquee and Billy Joel in the same intro to a home improvement <laughs> podcast, and that is, I don't know, I, I'm just glad I can be a pioneer, honestly. That's that's something, yeah. I'm surprised you veered into uh, uh, hip-hop territory. I, yes, Landon, I veered into hip-hop territory with Just a Friend, the one hip-hop song that every white person knows all the lyrics to. <laughs> The the <laughs> gag song. Me, there's Vanilla Ice. There's MC Hammer. There's uh, I, um, I'm tag pretty sure. Team. I don't know. I don't know all the words to the Ninja rap from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I know pretty much all the words to Just a Friend. I think it scratched the itch of like weird alt comedy and '90s nostalgia for me in a way that nothing else did. Uh, I could get that. Yeah, I can, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, I guess this is the podcast where we talk about Biz Marquee. Um, do you remember when he was in <laughs> Men in Black 2? That was pretty cool. Uh, I'm more familiar with his uh, BC Boys collaborations. I, well, see, I'm not. That's why we're really bad. We're not the right hosts for this, Landon. They should, it should be someone else making this podcast. Uh, but Landon, Truman, we can't yeah. waste any time. No, we can't. We- <laughs> That's the theme of this season, isn't it? It this is. Season, the, the, were- it's diametrically opposed themes which is we can't waste any time and i'm not going to get into it and and also the season being recorded at a point in history when we have nothing but time to waste this is when we cannot waste time (laughs) um well landon it's good to hear from you it's good to have you telling me we can't waste any time this is a home improvement podcast yes landon what happened this week on the episode well no no, you're 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 going too far ahead here sir we have big news we have to talk about oh we do Home Improvement News that oh. has come up since we recorded. Oh, of course. Um, now that we're bi-weekly, these things, I I, I I lived this experience, and I assumed that I'd talked to all the fine people about it. Yes. Uh, not not the fine people that listen to this show. I was talking about They've, different fine people. Oh, got it. Okay. I was talking about the fine young cannibals. Sorry, go on. They, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> uh <laughs> they announced the or they they released the promo for the final season of Last Man Standing. <laughs> and have they gone around the bend or what? <laughs> like uh there there's the mystery science theater joke when they're watching a movie and in the movie on a command screen people are watching previous scenes from the movie and replaying them and Mike <laughs> says, "You know it's bad when a movie starts showing you parts of itself." And I feel like you know it's bad when a when a comedian starts reprising old characters talking yeah. to the character he's currently playing. <laughs> we so for those of you unacquainted, uh they released the promo for the final season of The Last Man Standing where they reveal dun 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 Mike Baxter meeting Tim the Toolman Taylor. Um 
It was shot in double screen. Yeah. It was as though a a hundred million of Truman and Landon's fan theories cried out in anguish (laughs) and were silenced. (laughs) Well, you know, we were going a little bit back and forth on uh, Discord, on our Discord channel about it. And um, my vote is that they're going to go with a Bob Newhart show, Newhart sort of deal where uh, Mike Baxter might wake up and, uh, you know, he finds himself uh, that it was all a dream and tool t- uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor's, uh, you know, world. Uh, <laughs> well, we've seen what those dreams are like, though. There's no old age makeup or anything. <laughs> Well, here's here's my my justification for this thought, which is how else since Tim Allen is moving on to doing the History Channel show Assembly <laughs> Required, how else are they going to address this um need f- th- this demand for a home improvement reunion if not through this avenue you know patricia richardson has been on last man standing jonathan yes. taylor thomas has been on last man standing yes uh richard karn has been on last man standing <laughs> which which then suggests that if 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 they are now positing that both shows take place in the same universe it also suggests that there are clones of each of the main principle like that there is a carbon copy of al out there not cal borland <laughs> there's a carbon copy of jill all with different names and different identities who have all met mike baxter but are not related to the people from home no, 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 no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, no, no, that's why it's it's a dream because it's, you know, it's taking Wizard of Oz uh, methodology where people from your lo- real life become characters in your dream. Oh, so I see, I see. he's pulling in characters, uh, you know, this is a dream of Tim the Toolman Taylor, the, all of Last Man Standing is, and... Well- that, that that, seems, that's my thought. That's my fear, theory. That seems like a pretty sedate dream for Tim to be having. I feel like it would make more... Okay, admittedly, I haven't watched Last Man Standing, but I feel like it's more likely that Mike Baxter got conked on the head and dreamed all of Home Improvement, because that show has much more of a fever dream logic to it than Last Man Standing, which seems to be primarily a show about kind of litigating culture war issues in a ham-fisted way. True, but who? which of the characters is more likely to get conked on the head? Well, now, yes, Elan, and there's the exception that proves the theory, isn't it? <laughs> um, also, let's not overlook the fact that at one point in the in in that same promo, he's sitting there with a long beard in quarantine, saying like, "I could play Santa Claus," <laughs> which. Which in itself, then, if we look back to the Santa Claus, when he's first in the elves workshop, Tim Allen briefly puts on a tool belt, then shakes his head and takes it off and puts it away. So it's like everything that Tim Allen has done is forming a perfect circle now. It is, yes. It's like how all of Tarantino's movies take place in the same universe. So, too, (laughs) do all of Tim Allen's film roles. Um Moving on, uh, I just want to say I watched the Galaxy Quest documentary finally. Um, that's yeah. been in my queue for a long time. Uh, it's on Still Prime is. if anyone wants to go watch it. Uh, that that someone is me. I will go watch it. I really enjoyed it. It it yeah. It's you know as a documentary, you know standalone thing. It does feel kind of like a you know a really really good special feature on a DVD. Um, you know I wouldn't have clamored to the the theaters to see it, but <laughs> it has. It has a lot of really great insight and some amazing Alan Rickman stories. Oh, well, that alone, that that right there, that that right there is enough to get my uh, my butt in in that particular seat. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I wouldn't watch that documentary is because for me, as I've spoken about, I think every other episode on this podcast, uh, I feel like Galaxy Quest is 
such a uniquely perfect movie, and it exists to me still as like a, a filmographical oddity that like, yes, this perfect original concept drops, executed brilliantly, it's exactly 90 minutes long, very tight script, great performances, they never made sequels to it, they never made prequels to it, they never made it into a TV show, like it just... TV like, show's in the works. No, damn it, dude! Why? What? Why? Why you <laughs> and, gotta come up with the not news? Not to not to not to spoil the movie, but they were talking about um, a TV show at the time that just never came to fruition. Well, you know, that, and that's Tim Allen's not going to be in the show, is he? Uh, no, I think it's a reboot. Paul <sighs> Shear. Uh, oh. I don't. I don't know what the status of it is, but Paul Shear was one of the creative uh, voices behind it. Interesting, interesting. Well, okay, well, so I guess that's been undercut by reality. But for so long, it was just kind of beautiful and perfect to me that even though they maybe tried to make a sequel or a TV show, they didn't. And so Hollywood just produced this perfect thing uh, that everyone liked, and they just left it the fuck alone and didn't spoil it <laughs> until now, potentially. Or maybe the show will be amazing. Who knows? Who knows if it if it ever reaches, uh, you know, screens. Um Anyway, so I highly recommend going to watch it. I think it's, uh, you know, Tim Allen is interviewed in it. All of the main cast members are interviewed in it. The, all of the primary, you know, uh, creative forces, directors, producers, writers. Um, it's a really good doc. I really enjoyed it. So okay. that's my recommendation. Two thumbs up, way up. Uh, I should uh, I should give it a look. I could use a good doc and not just a doctor. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in fine health. Don't worry about me. Uh, should we move on to the reason that we do this show? Uh, yes, the thing the thing that I was trying to do earlier because I didn't realize that we had to uh, grapple with the uh, immensity of Tim Allen's recent uh, actions. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, and there will be plenty more this season because uh, assembly required starts uh, beginning of next year. I mean, we got a oh, there's it's gonna be a long season of preambles. So who's gonna <laughs> buckle up? Baby. Who's going to be like, we need to like deputize some of our listeners to do podcasts about assembly required, because I'm telling you right now, I can't be I can't be watching two Tim Allen shows at once. It's a lot <laughs> to manage the one. Yeah, but it's also a Richard Karn show. Oh, you got me. You got me. There's the shot and there's the chaser. Um, that's the that is the that is the bottle of uh, Sierra Mist that I am. It, Richard Karn is the Sierra Mist that I chug to uh, cut the taste <laughs> of the terrible rot gut I just did a shot of. This let me, anecdote let me just, is set in 2009 when I was in college. Go on. Let me pose a uh, scenario for you of what this season of Grunt Work could look like. Okay. We could be doing. On one week, an episode of Home Improvement, followed by an episode of Assembly Required, followed by an episode of Soul Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, sure, I'll just, uh, you know what? Sleep is overrated anyway. We'll do night shifts for recording and editing sessions. We'll get it all out there. And I think that the world will be a better place. I mean, lives are being saved by the work that we do. Uh, and speaking of work, let's get into it. This Landon. week, Randy... Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I was I was gonna I was gonna prompt you and ask you, but you were all ready to go. Landon, what happened this was, week? It involved Randy. I was over eager. Okay. <laughs> it well, did I, no, I was over eager earlier because I asked you this question before you were ready to answer it. Let's both get regular eager. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a rallying cry I can get behind. Go on. <laughs> this week on Home Improvement, Randy has been assigned a new article for the school newspaper, and this time he has a writing partner, Ooh. Lauren. And boy, does he have a crush. Tim is smitten as well because Lauren is a car lover. And the whole family is crushed 
when they uh-huh. find out that Lauren has decided to go on a date with Brad's scheming friend, Jason. Uh, excuse me, call him by his full title. <laughs> uh, Senator Jason. Thank you. He did not win that election to be called <laughs> Mr. Jason. He won that election purely by uh, uh, complimenting voters' hygiene. Hey, um, hey look, I, I didn't vote for him, but I respect the office, okay? Meanwhile, did you know that Jill is a bad cook? Uh, what? Say what now? <laughs> Truman. Landon. That brings us to our first uh, game. Our segment is the word I was looking for. Our first segment of the episode. <laughs> Guess I'll, that I'll title. Yes, guess that title. I have three options for titles, Landon. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna guess now that I didn't get any of them because some some weeks some weeks the, I'm just not good at the game. And in fact, most <laughs> weeks I'm not good at the game. But this week I don't even have any confidence. So I will blame the game, not the player. Get your hopes so down into the gutter. Get your hopes very low. Dig a ditch for those hopes to live in. Option number one. Okay. Randy versus Jason. Sometimes, Landon, I write the titles just for you and for no one else, because I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> uh, that already put a image in my head that I want on a t-shirt. <laughs> All right, we'll get, we'll get photoshopping, folks. Um, okay. Option two. Yes. You news, you lose. Oh man, that's a good one. It's a really good one, isn't it? I knew it was too it was too beautiful to live. I know they're not this isn't the one, but it's still good. Only if they if they had just tweaked the episode a little bit and made it that the the conflict comes from Randy kind of dragging his feet about asking her out and she ends up going out with Jason, like that would have been the perfect title for this episode. It it, tr- it truly would have. It tr- again, why are they not reverse engineering episodes from the titles I come up with? It's the simplest <laughs> thing in the universe, guys. Last one. Auto friend zone. You're right. That's it? Holy shit. No. no. <laughs> Should have known auto zone didn't exist in the 90s. Um <laughs> Yeah, so none none of those, uh, none of none those. of those. But Was I I, I voted retroactively uh, instate the second one um, as wait, the title. Wait, okay. Based on that, I'm just gonna if if I get it, this one doesn't count. But I'm just gonna throw a okay. dart. This episode is called Randy's Crush. <laughs> <laughs> just go right on the nose like they've been doing. I, I, I can uh, hear in your voice that is when not they've right. done it. Oh, okay, they did not. Um, this one, I don't know. It just is what it is. Um. Burn in Love. I feel like they've done this one before, too. I feel like they're reusing titles, guys. They, they haven't. I promise you they haven't reused a title. It's just one of those generic, uh, you know, I'm sure they had it in a hat from season one. They're like, we'll use this at some point. Eh, this episode is close enough. I mean, like, I know I get that Wilson is burning food out back. And I think it's supposed to be more that. Jill is so bad at cooking that she burns everything, but they don't make specific jokes about her burning things, just that she's a bad cook. Yeah. And it just is what it is. Yeah, it's not, not an uh, excuse for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, eh, that's, that's so much for that. Well, folks, don't this, enjoy those chalupas. Pressure's off this, for the rest of the episode. This episode aired on October 8th, 1996. Truman, I was a freshman in high school. <sighs> I have started high school. I also, also, let me just say... Wow, you were a freshman in high school in 1996. I, I'm not saying that in a, like, lol old <laughs> way. I'm saying that in a, like, I am envious of how many things you must remember from that much simpler time in our, in our nation's history. 
Uh, yeah, but I also remember the uh, daunting things that are to come only a few years ahead. Um, this episode was directed by Jeffrey Nelson, uh, credited as Jeff Nelson, or or Geoff. I don't know how uh, <laughs> people like that pronounced. I'm pretty sure they like it pronounced Jeff, but we can keep calling him Geoff if that makes it easier for the listeners at home to picture what his real name is. <laughs> Geoffrey. Uh, he previously directed Alarmed by Burglars from last season. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is his second episode. He'll go on to direct a few more, uh, and it's written by one of our veterans at this point, John Vandergriff. Mm. Truman. Sir, how did Landon. you feel about this episode? You know, Landon, I'm I'm putting my my leg up on like a, a stool or something. And then I, like, uh, I heard you recline, yes. there, and then I'm I'm resting my arm against my knee and, and oh kind wow, of, yeah, like the Marlboro Man, I suppose. I like this episode. You know what? I enjoyed it. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, and I would say that after last week, maybe a certain amount of it was that coming into this after last week, it was sort of like diffusing a bomb or something or like maybe <laughs> opening a package that you think might have a bomb in it or might have donuts inside it and uh-huh. it turned out to be donuts and i couldn't have been happier <laughs> so I, you're like this could either be anthrax or powdered sugar <laughs> and 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 the only way to find out is by eating it <laughs> no other way to test um okay well yeah because i think that the jokes were solid you know i mm-hmm. laughed out loud a bunch of different times i think every character got a, a really solid zinger in there i think the story went to some unexpected places took me on some twists and some turns and mm-hmm. i think that also uh, and this is a thing that didn't happen last week all the characters were treated with kind of love and respect by the script like the episode i think was pretty kind to everybody um, everybody was used in their best capacity. There were some good jokes with Brad and Randy playing off each other. Senator Jason and Jill got to be kind of silly and, and, and goofy and, um, and also, yeah. And, and, and so that was my first impression. And then my second impression is that I dare say there were some new, uh, uh new camera angles in that house, some new layouts to the set. And, uh, um, I don't know. I, mean- I, I Curious to have you point those out to us as we get through this. Well, okay. I mean, I um, or maybe I was just not paying close enough attention, and I thought something was different that wasn't. But I thought on a technical level, this uh, episode, uh, whether it was the episode I was watching in my imagination or the episode I actually watched, it did some new things on a technical level that I also found enjoyable. So well, yeah, I will say we we do get. Um, I don't know if it's a new set or if they do shoot the bathroom scene in a slightly different way. But there was a moment in the kitchen when they are uh, dredging the chicken that they use an angle they've used before, but it's very rare. Yes. It's this really, really severe uh, angle on the kitchen where you can actually see to the left of the garage door. Yes. Which is usually cut off. So, that's, what, that's, um, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, is, is <laughs> really, though. Um, Landon, what did you think of this week's episode? Yeah, I'll sum it. I think you you had a pretty good summation there, and I'll Thank only you. add that... Um, it was during this episode that I was like, oh, we're in season six. I, I got a sense that this is basically what we're going to be seeing for the rest of the show from here on out. So no objections. I made a conscious decision to like just accept the show for where it's at. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, bad cooking jokes and all like I, I can't at this point, I can't expect anything more from them. And if this is where it's going to be, then, you know. At least Jill is in on the joke to a certain degree. Yes. And, I, uh, yeah, I, for what it was, it had some some really funny moments. Um, there were some jokes and deliveries that I thoroughly enjoyed. But overall, I don't know, it was just kind of a, an ap- uh, an episode that was like, I, don't know, I was happy to see a story about Randy, but yeah. 
it just kind of had this like wispy nothing quality of like a Sunday afternoon. Well, is it be Landon? Is it because you watched the episode on a Sunday afternoon? Could that I watched it some... on a Sunday morning. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I see. And the wispiness is completely different at, at that point. I see. It is, I, yes. I felt like this episode had a, a much more hearty quality, like, say, a, I don't know, like a like a Friday, like, at, at 6.30 when you're off work and heading to the bar <laughs> with your friends or something. Like, I felt like this episode actually had some some heft and center to it in so a way you, a lot of other episodes haven't. I just feel like we're finally it was diverging. Like, I thought it was the sweet and steamy uh smell and you thought it was the actual kielbasa <laughs> yes i thought i was i was smelling the kielbasa place as i drove up to it not the inside <laughs> of my car when i drove away from it that is the key um well let's get into the deep dive uh yes. and not keep listeners waiting any longer for what these details of this episode were where do we start well landon we start with the camera tight on the front door of the house the taylor so house tight. so very tight as tim Opens the front door and walks in uh, with the mail. And as he walks in going through the mail, uh, we see that the grunt creep is standing on a chair by the front door. And which I guess I think the grunt creep is looking through his own mail. He's got like a couple things in his... Well, I I certainly didn't see anything addressed to him. Uh, I just thought he was about to commit mail fraud. I think he already had if he's holding somebody else's mail. Like he already has the mail. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's inside the home improvement house, and he is home improvement. Uh, is it illegal to just carry the mail from the front door to the counter? I, I was thinking more it would be illegal for him to open the mail that's not addressed to him. Well, he does open himself and put the mail inside himself, so I don't know what you want to call that <laughs> oh my God. or if it's so illegal. If he, if, he, if he comes from the void, what goes in? where do things go when they go inside of him? I mean, uh, that, I mean, that's like the that it's either like a mega void or it's like <laughs> or that's the only way out of the void is to go into the grunt creep at risk of getting a little more risque than perhaps I want to. <laughs> this, it, it, everything in there is an unauthorized uh, porno parody. Um, <laughs> but the point is, he comes in the door. He's looking at the mail. He throws his jacket at the chair where the grunt creep is. The grunt creep is basically flattened beneath Tim's jacket. Good bit. I like it. And um, and then as Tim walks in, he's explaining like, oh, yeah, uh, Jill, we got, you know, you got an invitation from the annual, you know, psychologist Psychology department. Yeah, they're they're having a potluck coming up as he walks in through the front room into the kitchen. That's where like the camera follows him and pans mm-hmm. around in a way that I'm not used to showing way more of the kitchen than we've seen before from an angle I've never seen. Yeah. And this was the thing that made me think, oh, is this a new angle? But then I was too busy taking notes to really interrogate that fully. <laughs> now that we aren't watching it side by side on the couch, I find myself pausing it more to take notes. Uh, yeah, I, I need to do The problem is that I'm watching it on a very rickety old PS3. And sometimes <laughs> if I push... You, if you hit that controller the wrong way, man, it's going to forward uh, fast forward you about 20 minutes into the episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even worse, it might kick me back to the main menu where I could see the, the episode the title. title. So oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a peril fraught thing. It's it's honestly more excitement than I get in my day to day life now. Is trying to get the PS3 to run Home Improvement. It's a tightrope. Jill is already. Uh, she's like, I know. Uh, I already know about the potluck, and I'm one step ahead of them. I'm already making my tuna surprise. And Tim holds up the letter and says, Actually, they specifically asked you not to bring the tuna surprise. And she says, No, they did not. And then he hands her the letter, and she says, They did. <laughs> they said you've been banned from cooking. <laughs> 
Oh yes, yeah. She's so not just the tune of surprise. It's they don't want her to make anything for them. Anything. Now, and this is where I'm like, okay, they're they've doubled down on this Jill's a bad cook joke, and it's now gotten so big that the entire world is against it, and it's not just her family. I'm like. I can start to buy into this a little bit. It's getting broad enough that it doesn't feel like a personal attack on her. I, I I agree. Like, I feel the same way. It's at the point now where it's kind of like, it's not just them being hypercritical of the woman who waits on them hand and foot. It seems to be an actual character trait that is, yeah. and also that Jill's reaction to it, it's not like, it's not like they're kicking Jill when she's down. It's more like Jill hearing this and going like, ah, shucks, you guys. Well, I'm going to come back from this. And somehow I'm just, <laughs> I like, it, it's like, a, it's giving her a character arc or a challenge to overcome, which, yeah. I, I don't know. Somehow I'm, I'm, I'm more okay with it now. Or maybe, maybe I just don't mind it when Tim doesn't say it. I'm just going to call it out. <laughs> I might just be my prejudice against Tim. Who knows? It could be. It could be. Um... What else we got in that scene? Uh, just uh, more jokes about her bad cooking. Pretty much, yeah. I sh- well, just that Jill, Jill, uh, you know, resolves to try and be creative and come up with some type of food she can bring to the potluck that won't be completely disgusting. And uh, Tim is dubious that she's going to be able to pull that off. And we go to the opening credits. We get a steam pot transition to the theme song. Um, I made some minor observations that aren't worth mentioning uh, that wow. would have taken as much time to talk about the just mentioning that I'm not going to talk about it. But you're not going so, into it. We're not getting into it. Uh, we go to the garage where Tim is welding on the new hot rod uh, when Randy comes in and says, hey, Dad, uh, do you mind if I bring a friend in here to show uh, show off your hot rod? Yeah, and, and and so two things. First, Tim says, about time you... St- yeah, yeah, come on, come on in. About time you start hanging out with, with car guys. Also, why is Randy asking permission to bring the friend who is already in the house into the garage? Like, I didn't realize they had such a formal setup here where it's like, permission yep. to approach the, the hot rod, Your Honor. <laughs> This is goes into something else that was like really, really. Uh, it felt real to me. Uh, it Randy's. I don't. I don't know if it's exactly how it's written or the way Jonathan Taylor Thomas plays it or a combination of both. But they really hit on this middle school transparent crush idea where you know throughout the episode, the amount of times that Randy brings up Lauren's name is so much like uh, an actual kid would do when he has his first crush, just kind of like nonchalantly bringing somebody up in conversations like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I think my friend uh, Lauren, uh, you know, likes that as well. Oh, I think Lauren said that thing at one time. Oh, 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 really? You're you're allergic to you're allergic to potatoes. That's cool. My friend Lauren's aunt's grandmother is also allergic to potatoes. Wow. So strange that (laughs) you and my friend Lauren have that thing in common. So in this moment, I think it's it's really Randy, even if he's aware of it or not, kind of showcasing like, hey, dad, I want to uh, introduce you to this girl I have a crush on. And this is his backwards way of doing it. Yeah, I, I, it's a d- kind of degree of, of subtlety and like a sharp eye for family dynamics that I have not seen as often on this show. And I was I was happy to see <laughs> it was it was a cool little moment. Yeah. Um, but so, so, uh, Lauren, this, you know, cute girl comes in and says, hi, I'm Lauren. And by the way, let's just stop right there and say, we've seen her before. She was, um, part of, you remember last season, or maybe it was the season before, I think it was last season, Brad, uh, once they did a double date with Angela, uh, Angela's friend to try to set Randy up. Yeah. That was Lauren. Wait, wait. So wait. So but Randy wasn't into the girl 
last year, but now, like, is she playing the same character? Yeah. Really? Yep. Wait, now was it, was and it I, I don't want to Angela... say that he wasn't into her before. I think he oh. was just like, I, now, I can't remember exactly, but it, it wasn't necessarily that he wasn't into her. I don't know if he just wasn't ready or if it was just awkward or I don't, I don't remember what the result was of that episode. I, I remember it was Angela talked so much that she never would let them talk <laughs> right. at all. Like every time right. they, it, yeah, it actually seemed they were kind of hitting it off, but she'd always, okay. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, but so Lauren comes in, introduces herself. Tim says, hi, Lauren. So where's the car guy? And shortly thereafter, Lauren demonstrates that she is actually the car guy. Like she even, I think she even <laughs> says I'm the car guy. And she starts walking around commenting on all the very specific details of Tim's hot rod and asking if he's going to do this thing or d- that. You're going to French the verbatim. Yeah, tail lights was it? and you're going <laughs> to French the tail lights. You're going to install the TK421 modification <laughs> to really uh, kick up the amps a couple more quads. Um, but she's... <laughs> Walking around the car, talking about these things. Shave the door handles is what yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, because you know they get they get pretty hairy after a while. All that all that <laughs> built up testosterone in this car, r r r, etc. But they have this. You know, Tim is Tim is completely at first bewildered and then like overjoyed to be talking to this young girl who is as yep. into cars as he is. And she says, "Yeah, when my friends were playing with their Barbies, I was souping out uh, souping up her Corvette." And Tim goes, "Oh yeah, the pink one with the fins." And the red leather seats yeah you know and and they they like are commiserating in detail about this corvette and and randy just goes dad how do you know about that and he just goes don't ask (laughs) (laughs) and i want to tell you i felt for that because when i was a child i'm actually trying to remember have i told this on the podcast maybe i haven't i don't don't know i know you had a thing for cars well yeah like that's I, i used to be super super into cars when i was a kid to the extent that probably tim the tool man taylor would have found me that would have been the only time that tim allen would have had anything to say to me but um when i was a kid like female friends or like cousins or or whatever like if they had barbie dolls or something i would always be like wait do you have the car that comes with it like i was always into the like the big like pink car that they'd put them in like i wasn't interested in the dolls but i would want to play with like the big pink corvette or something because like yeah it's a car so i related to this very much it's more than i've related to tim taylor i think ever on the show <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, you know what? You didn't know that before. You know it now. I, I feel like we're all richer people for it. Uh, I certainly found it interesting. I'm really convinced by that, Landon. Honestly, <laughs> like the the simple act of, of reassuring someone that you found what they were saying interesting, that, that really like gives the person confidence that you did. But <laughs> we go from this to Randy in the bathroom. Uh, well, oh, I think not worth uh, mentioning, or it is worth mentioning, that um, once uh, Lauren walks out of the garage uh, as they're going to go work on their um, paper, Tim kind of pulls Randy aside and says, hey, man, she's perfect for you. And Randy just assures him, she's just a friend, Dad. She's just a friend. You say she's just a friend. You see, folks? <laughs> it's coming back around. And yes, I guess I neglected to mention they're both on the school paper together. Uh, they... Yes, then we cut to the bathroom where Randy is practicing in the mirror uh, what he's going to say to Lauren, um, a la Paul Rudd and Wanderlust. Um, <laughs> My dick. <laughs> 
If you have not seen Wanderlust, it sounds like I just did a weird thing. Um, I have seen Wanderlust, and you did just do a weird thing, uh, <laughs> but but in the in the manner of Paul Rudd. But, uh, yeah, he's he's practicing his flirty lines, and he's alternating saying the lines and then putting on like very '90s sunglasses and yep. then, like a Newsies cap and saying the lines. <laughs> Uh, and then Brad uh, knocks on the door, and uh, Randy rushes to push all of the stuff. He puts a bunch of cologne on too, which is worth mentioning. Um, Randy rushes to you know shove everything into a drawer, and then and rush over to the bathroom. And before he tells Brad, "Okay, come in," I, I also want to say though, just you know, he's he's trying all these different lines, trying the cologne, trying the shades, the 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 ridiculousness of the notion that Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> in the 90s, would have to employ any effort whatsoever to get a girl to go out with him. I mean, it's just next-level acting. Well, as we learned in JTT Junction, uh, that's what makes him so relatable. True. He is just a kid. True. He is He is just a kid. You know, it's the, it's the same kid who was reading the classified section about uh, hot rods that he could buy on the way to work that day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but Brad's not alone. He's actually with Senator Jason. Yes, and they both... Step into the. They step into the bathroom. Randy is sitting on the edge of the tub, and they step into the bathroom. And and as happens every episode this season, when I see Brad for the first time, I think, "Who is this man?" And in this case, I thought, "Who are these men?" And it, like, it took me a second to realize that 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 Brad was Brad. I'm sorry. I I, I hit the same point every time, but I, he really looks like, I don't know, like he, he like is. A soldier. It does feel like he's going through. Soldier. I don't he's so big. It does look like he's going through growth spurts between every single episode. It looks like he's juicing, honestly. <laughs> I saw a picture um, of The Rock when he was 15 years old, and The Rock at 15 looks older than I do at 32. And I'm just saying, I think Brad has a little bit of that situation going on with him right now. All right, all right. Don't ask um, why I was looking at pictures of The Rock when he was 15. I wasn't going to. Uh, Senator Jason apparently has tickets uh, for a concert, and they are there to ask Randy if uh, they could borrow some money for him. Well, yeah, from him to go to be able to go to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I go thought, to the thing. Go well, to the concert. I don't think there. I don't even think that Senator Jason the has the tickets. I think that he just needs to borrow money to get the tickets in the first place. I feel like they're just using Randy as the piggy bank. Oh, I maybe I misunderstood. I thought he had the that, that clears up some confusion I had because I, I thought he had the tickets. They needed the money to get there. And, you know, buy concessions and whatnot. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I, I should also say that when they first walk in, before they before they ask him that, they say, who are you talking to? And Randy says, oh, nobody. That was the radio. And they look around and they're like, what radio? And Randy pulls up his deodorant and he says, oh, it's my deodorant radio. It uh, sounds great and it keeps me dry all day. <laughs> which is like, just, just the episode I feel like is just wall-to-wall little bits like this, which I find yeah. j- like they are amusingly written and then very convincingly delivered. um anyway uh randy says no uh you can't borrow money from me um he's also not invited to uh the concert and this is where senator jason tries to flatter him and um you know compliments his hygiene saying you know uh i compliment your hygiene sir 
Well, I think he says something to the effect of like, I, I love the cologne. I, I don't think you put out enough cologne. I can still almost breathe. So I don't know if that's, that might be a backhanded compliment to his that was, no, that was He turned, uh, that was a point where uh, in the conversation after Randy said, no, you can't have my money. Oh, I Senator see. Jason like turned on a dime and goes, oh yeah, are you wearing enough cologne? I can almost still breathe. Ah, that's uh, like. The second you get on Senator Jason's bad side, you have made an enemy for life. <laughs> he's he's a very powerful man with a lot of friends in Washington. You do not want to get on Senator Jason's bad side. He is he is filibustering all of your bills. Um, <laughs> and I don't know how, but somehow in this conversation, uh, Lauren gets mentioned. Yeah, well, I think it's because I think it's Brad says to him like, "Oh, he's just trying to smell nice for his girlfriend Lauren." And Randy oh, right, again yeah. in vain protests, like, "She's not my girlfriend. We're just working together on the newspaper." But Jeez, it is, gosh, guys, it is. <laughs> you got mom. Uh, but it is <laughs> worth it is worth noting that Senator Jason hears this and does not react to it as they leave. Just, uh, just keep it in mind for later. <laughs> it's locked away in my little brain safe. <laughs> you know, some people have a mind palace, others have a brain safe. They both they they both serve similar purposes. Yep, and the combination is one 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 one. Ah, space balls. So in the kitchen, Jill has a whole bunch of cookbooks out and she has uh cooking implements spread all over the, the countertop, and she's trying to figure out what kind of food she wants to make for the meeting. And she's saying, you know, should I do Chinese? Should I do Mexican? Should I do Italian? And Tim says in a good Tim line, make British food because that way if it tastes bad, people will assume it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess... Now, let me ask you, what what I don't know that I've ever had anything that is uh, indigenous to British food. What, what would you consider uh, British food that I might have had? Well, okay. I, as someone who... I lived in England for a short time. I studied abroad there, and I lived mm, with a British mm, family. Mm, 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 mm. La-di-da, la-di-da. Mm, yes. Um, I would say the the... Based on what my host family was preparing, I think that the most British thing is, uh, is a plate of, uh, you know, uh, uh, overcooked spaghetti noodles with uh, pasta sauce, <laughs> store brand pasta sauce poured on top of them. And then okay. everyone at the table takes uh, HP sauce, which is that kind of like, it's like a mixture of ketch- ketchup and vinegar that's very popular in England. And then they pour mm-hmm. that all over the top of it to mask any other flavors. So I think that is kind of like indigenous. Well, listen, I, I'm not about to be pull a Tim Taylor and uh, talk shit about my mom's cooking, but that doesn't sound too different from <laughs> my mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I think that I think that the that England is kind of like the upper Midwest, except without the vibrant casserole culture. Um, <laughs> okay. Gotcha. And I will also, also throw one out there. Uh, another great uh, food uh, that is very popular in England is all kinds of Indian curries, because there are Indian people who have actually brought a lot of great food to England, and some of the best meals I had when I was there were Indian food, but but uh, I don't think that's what Tim is leaning well, towards. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm asking too. Is specific to British, you know? Because I think of like, um, what is it? Uh, Haggis is Scottish, right? Haggis is actually it's pretty, it's pretty tasty when you forget what's in it. It's it's a it's, a pretty, it's <laughs> honestly the haggis I ate when I was in the United Kingdom was a lot better than again any of the food my English family made for me. Well, then there's, is it mutton? Is that another one that's uh, big there? Yeah, mutton is big there. That's that's not as great. That, when I, ha- it, that's, it's kind of like just eating a football, I suppose. Um, so my experience with English food is mostly like 
the the sweet stuff that you have with tea, like uh, you know, biscuits um, and uh, uh, what do you those like caramelized wafers that you put on top of your coffee? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the yeah, I, I know the ones that you mean. Yeah, like the, I can't remember the name of them, but like yeah. that's the sort of stuff that I'm familiar with. So. Well, I just I'm just trying to get to the bottom of the stereotype about English food. Uh, generally the stereotype is that English food well the, the stereotype originated I'm going to I'm going to do the thing on our comedy podcast where I actually go way too deep into facts. It originated in the Second World War when uh, wartime rationing meant that they didn't really have a lot of spices or anything good to cook with and so uh foreign correspondents in London reporting on the war um had lots of very bland meals and assumed that the English didn't know how to cook and had very weak palates. Um, that being said, this is also the country that gave us jellied eels, so maybe they're onto something. I don't know. <laughs> but fish and okay. chips are great. Gotta love fish and chips. Okay, I like yeah. some chips. Yeah. But so, uh, the point is, Tim is suggesting that Jill makes some jellied eels, and uh, I guess she doesn't respond to that. <laughs> okay. Um, the, uh, Lauren ding-dongs, and, uh, she's come over to <laughs> she, write... She ding-dongs, but she does not ditch. She comes right inside. <laughs> <laughs> She's come over to, to work on the article with Randy. Yeah, and uh, and you know Tim is you know Tim Tim is kind of disappointed that she's not going to come hang out in the garage with him. But he does. She makes some suggestion about how to modify. Why don't the... you? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about it with my dad, and we were thinking if you section the hood of the hot rod, it'll bring it out about two more inches and give it a really sleek look. I, you know, and I have to agree with her. I was thinking the same thing when I was looking at the car earlier that the hood was not sectioned enough, and it did. It looked remarkably. <laughs> well, there's no hood unsleek. on the car yet. Yeah, well, and the, all the more reason you should section it. I say. Um, but you don't have to do it all at once. You can do it in pieces. Yeah. Yes. This is the this is the genius of it. This is what Lauren brings to the picture. But. <laughs> So Tim, uh, Tim goes, you know, or well, she goes downstairs. Lauren goes downstairs to work with Randy in the basement, and Tim says, "This is why I always wanted a daughter," and <laughs> then makes some comment about how Randy has such a nice girlfriend. And Jill says she's not his girlfriend, and Tim goes, "Yeah, and Al's the funny one on Tool Time," which, <laughs> which is, I on the one hand I laughed at it because it was funny within the universe of the show, but also I feel like the joke of it is that Tim doesn't. Tim is so deluded that he doesn't get that Al actually is the funny one on Tool Time. <laughs> right, right. And Jill, uh, I like this part of Jill because it, it does harken back to like season one where she's like uh, sticking up for Randy. But then she's like so ready to just drop everything and dish if uh, Tim has any gossip. <laughs> Yeah, th- this is this is part of what I like about about just it being silly Jill on this episode. She's on the one yeah. hand very, you know, very invested in helping her kids, but also this isn't like Jill grappling with some big deep dark problem. It's mainly just her like, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to raise the kids and also being yeah. excited to gossip about shit. And anyway, Tim Tim kind of goes, "Well, I think it's obvious. He's either writing about the ballet because he really likes her or we should be having a completely different conversation." Yes. And, you know, I'm going to say, as gay jokes on 90s sitcoms hosted by by noted Hollywood conservatives go, this really isn't that egregious. I mean, you know, no. because honestly, if they thought Randy was gay, they would need to have a conversation about it because that's a thing that the parents, like, you know, just getting on the same page with where your son's at. So I, I, I 
I I, 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 I have no ob- objection to it. I didn't p- particularly find it funny, but I have nothing objectionable about it. I, I'm 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 drawing my I'm unsheathing my sword, and uh, the joke about Randy potentially being gay because he likes writing about ballet is kneeling before me, and I am tapping my sword against its shoulders and saying, "I dub thee not problematic." And now th- <laughs> I, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I, I've just. I well, would acknowledge this existence in the room and turn and continue my conversation with somebody else. Well, I've I've already I've actually already knighted it and we can't take it back. So we're the, the, I hope we don't learn more stuff about this joke down the line that's going to make it a huge embarrassment <laughs> to the process that I just completed. Uh, we get a ballet transition to tool time where they're having oh god their salute to women in cars, which is then immediately undermined by a sound effect of a car crashing. I I just love that it really seems like there is no advanced planning of what any episode of Tool Time is going to be about. And it is really just whatever the last thing Tim saw, basically. <laughs> like, I've heard it I've heard it said that, that the, the person who is going to be president of this country for a few more weeks, that really his decision-making process is just based on whoever talked to him last. And I feel like Tim's show planning process is kind of the same thing like they could spend (laughs) weeks planning something about angle grinders and then he sees a dog on his way to set and it's like we're doing the tool time salute whoop to doggies (laughs) uh well whatever his decision making process that's what we're getting um and uh al says you know what we actually have a woman in the audience today who might know more about cars than tim does and tim says oh you got a real car babe yeah, and, and Al says, well, yeah, she was on the cover of Transmission Monthly. And I also I also just loved, I just wished that Al had stopped and said, we've actually got a woman in the audience today, and just left it at that. <laughs> just left it there. Yeah. Let's uh, give her a, a round of applause. <laughs> um, uh, so Tim's like, yeah, you, you got a real car, babe? Uh, let's bring her down. And, uh, of course, they cut to the front row where there's a, you know, pretty quintessential uh, pinup girl sitting in the front row yeah. right next to the woman who stands up, who is, uh, an, you know, a woman in her twilight years uh, as she he, crosses to the aisle and steps on down. Yeah, she, she sparkles as the uh, as the light hits her as she walks <laughs> down. You know, she has she's a... She's really good at baseball. Yeah, she, a very long, a very, very long buildup to a uh, relationship <laughs> with a boy who is emotionally distant and abusive in many ways. Um, um, well, uh, spoiler alert, we are going into a cameo corner this week. A cameo uh, actor corner? This is not a character actor. This is a real person. Lucille uh, Tregan... Treg Nowen, I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but uh, Treg and Owen. There you go. She I, is I trust an, that. an ace mechanic who specializes in transmission repair. Her story began with a divorce Ooh. in 1960. She needed to support her three children, so she found clerical work in an auto repair shop. She appeared on Letterman uh, Right after this episode, uh, or concurrent with this episode, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I guess I hadn't understood. I thought it was just like, she found work in a clerical shop and then became so famous doing clerical clerical work for an auto shop that she went on Letterman. Like, okay, now I, I get it. It had to do with the show. The credentials, okay. yes, I'm, yes. I'm moving quickly through these. Uh, she became a master mechanic while working, uh, doing clerical work. Uh, so much so that she got to the point where she she appeared on Lennon. Letterman, good lord! <laughs> no, uh, she was she's she was uh, background vocals on Imagine. It was really amazing. <laughs> That's what number nine is really about her. Um, <laughs> well, it is a day in the life. 
concurrently with this show, uh, there was going to be a uh, Lucille Treganowin, uh television show that was based on her book uh, called Lucille's Car, uh, Car Care Clinic. It ran for exactly zero episodes. What? What I happened? Know. I, I don't have the story to that, but uh, the book that they show during the segment, Lucille's Car Care, Everything You Need to Know from Under the Hood by America's Most Trusted Mechanic, is real, and you can still buy it to this day. That's kind of wild that, like, as part of her promotional book tour, she got—she didn't just do the talk show circuit. She did the fake TV show Inside Home <laughs> Improvement Circuit. I wish that was more of a thing. I wish there were more just randos who, who were publishing a book about something in the 90s who showed up on, like, I wish that, like—oh, man, I don't know. I— <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet that happened probably on something like Murphy Brown. Oh, it probably happened more often on Murphy Brown. Because also, I feel like Murphy Brown was a show that was a little more serious about the capital I issues. Yeah. And but, a little more topical, I think, than Home Improvement. But I, again, I just wish that, like, I don't know, that, like, one episode, like, G. Gordon Liddy showed up because he was, like, starting a new <laughs> talk show. And, like, they have a, a brief thing about, like, ah, why when you taped open the doors at the Watergate break-in, why didn't you use scotch tape? And, like, you know. <laughs> Gets mad at Al for trying to teach him how to do his job. Anyway, um, but so so Lucille comes down and is you know basically uh, schooling Tim on how to uh, how to fix your car using womanly know-how. I think the example there's like a vacuum tube in the engine, and if it's like split, what do you do? How do you fix it? And yeah, and Tim, I, I want to point this out because this is maybe one of my favorite cameo moments of all time. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have a, a hose that has broken, and, she, and uh, Al goes, okay, so this is broken. Uh, what do you do? Tim goes, uh, that's easy. You, you buy a new one. <laughs> and uh, Al goes, well, not so fast. Okay, so what do you do if you have a, a split hose? And uh, Tim goes, that's easy. Uh, you buy a new one. And he says it, you know, very aggro, right? Yeah, and, uh, buy a new one. My favorite line of any cameo person uh, she just goes, not so fast, little man. <laughs> Do you think that this woman improvised that, this non-actor improvised I hope that to so. get one in, like, just in between the ribs on Tim? Just calling Tim little man was one of my favorite things that's ever happened. Uh, and then Al goes, okay, so let's say it's, uh, you got a split hose and it's 3 a.m. and you're broken down on the side of the road. What do you do? And uh, then, you know, Lucille chimes in. You go, okay, well, you take your scarf and you take your belt. And she takes her belt off. And Tim goes, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a family show. <laughs> Which is a good line. It was a good, it was a season. That was props to Tim for that. <laughs> uh, and then she patches up the hose that way. And uh, they continue to have like almost, it had flavors of the Bob Vila trivia contest. Certainly, certainly that, certainly that. And I mean, also flavors of the episode where the four female general contractors uh, yes, build right. the perfect house and Tim destroys <laughs> his house and Jimmy Carter is upset with him. Um, uh, so she continues to, to test him and um, uh, she shows him up a couple of times and then they start to talk about car smells. Al's like, well, she can even uh, sense what's wrong with the car just by how it smells. And she pulls like a fucking Dennis Hopper here going, OK, pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> what, what would a sweet, steamy smell coming from the car be? Uh, shoot and the hostage. <laughs> Tim's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I had one too many keel bosses. Um, gross. <laughs> well, no, what I what I love though is that 
I don't know, because I, I feel like in the past, the show will just kind of make fart jokes willy-nilly, or they'd be like, oh, too many yeah. bean burritos. But now, I feel like the show has really gone all in on, like, Tim has this inexplicable love of Polish food, and it makes him really farty. And I kind of... And that's... I have no problem with that. It's yeah. It's the... Really graphic description of how it smells that grosses me out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Landon. I think you got to enjoy. It made you feel something, though, didn't it? I mean, art is supposed to make us feel things, whether or not that's a feeling that we like. Fair, fair. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, and she goes, no, no, uh, it's leaking. It means your car is leaking coolant. And then Al just mugs to the camera and goes, they're both right. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get like a Nickelodeon slime transition, uh, which I think was meant to be coolant, but uh, it did look That's, like they said something you couldn't say on television. It looks like it looks like kielbasa sauce, really. Ew! Why is it green? Uh, well, hey man, don't don't ask me why the look. I can tell you about English food. I can't tell you about Polish food. I didn't study abroad there. <laughs> kielbasa verde. Um, we cut to the kitchen where Jill is reading Joys of Cooking. Uh, she's still at it, and Mark is now helping her. Now, I feel like the joys. I feel like they wanted to use the joy of cooking, but like Julia Child wouldn't give them the license, so they were just like, "Fuck it, slap an S on there." I, you know, I didn't look close enough. Was there an apostrophe S? Could it have been joys of cooking? <laughs> what, like the, it's just all about the many different women named Joy who? I, <laughs> no, that would be plural. I'm I'm saying possessive. It's joys of cooking of her of series of books so oh. this is joys of cooking she also have joys of mechanics joys of heating and cooling i don't know why i'm going only with household repairs but is this series at all related to snyder's of hanover because i'm a big <laughs> fan of that series um <laughs> and the joys of putting peanut butter inside of a pretzel uh so yeah but so she's she is like pulled out every spice everything of oil every pot and pan in the house and she's going to bake this chicken cacciatore down on sullivan street and she <laughs> is um like i don't know like, like she and mark is helping big mad ups for mark you know seeing him doing a thing in a show we're all very happy about are, are it you clapping right now <laughs> yes because we barely see mark anymore like i don't know <laughs> i agree with you i definitely want to see more of mark i you i my i my position on mark has not wavered since season one i love mark i want more mark i well you know i i feel like i got what i wished in earlier seasons i was like i'd like less mark he's not that good and then they gave me less mark and i'm like but he was just getting good and <laughs> and then and then he's gonna he's gonna get all gothed out soon and then i'm gonna want less mark again and i'm just in a constant state of of mark anguish i'm like tantalus there's either you know i'm i'm, I'm always trying to reach for more mark and i can never quite reach it oh my god uh but they are she's say, reading the instructions and it's telling her to dredge the chicken she uh sends mark over to the um cooking dictionary <laughs> where uh he is looking up dredging and uh she goes okay uh you also want to mix it with some minced garlic i can't remember what the ingredient was and she's like also look up minced yeah. It was onion, minced onion. I cannot even imagine trying to cook before having the internet. It must have been terrible <laughs> to have to look all this shit up, to not have like nested tool tips that you can hover your mouse over. Oh, just barbarism. It, is, it, it really is. I mean, like, um, I have, uh, someone got me a cookbook once uh, that I have, uh, like a Shiracha recipes. And I also have a recipe card holder. And it looks cool. I like how it looks on the counter, but like, 
there's nothing in it. Do you keep your recipe card holder on top of your fax machine and, and like, <laughs> next to the phone book with the number for your travel agent listed in it? Sherman, do you remember the time when you actually had to pick up the phone and have <laughs> the boldness to get the number you were, you were calling correct on the first time you punch it into the the phone i i mean i mean i still wake up at in at night in a cold sweat of when i dialed the number and i got some strange voice saying sorry wrong number like that's (laughs) we used to have to worry about that every single call that we made (laughs) um anyway uh they start treasuring the chicken. She's she's excited well, and, to find out. Oh, I know what that is. That's uh, where you you flour it, and um, they put it into baggies, and they start uh, shaking it around, and they do a dance as, as while they, shaking the chicken. Yeah, they both just kind of start like dancing as it happens. And I want to say, a this is a silly Jill moment that I like. B yeah. what I like about this little scene is it kind of does capture the joy of cooking, and like it adds a certain <laughs> amount of depth to Jill's like Jill's journey with this and trying to be a better cook is it's like she has things she doesn't know. Mark helps her learn them. Like she learns them. Like she's applying herself to it. There are then pieces that she does know and she does remember. And when she, and you see her like be excited when she recognizes, oh, like I've, oh, I know how to do that. We have to do this thing. I don't know. I just like seeing Jill like becoming a better cook and enjoying the process and her young son <laughs> helping her with it and her and Mark bonding like that. I don't know. It's just, it's just a nice it's like a funny scene that is nice about Jill, and I guess I didn't get a lot of that last episode, so I'm I'm yeah, in debt, I and agree I'm, with you. I like having it. I don't. I would say we don't get enough of it on the show. Period. Sure. Uh, I would like to see more silly Jill. Yeah. Uh, but of course, Randy walks in while they're doing uh, <laughs> this dance, and uh, he goes, "Let me guess. You guys are doing the hokey poultry. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Perfect." <laughs> I could never. I, I wouldn't say it's perfect. I, I think it's headed in the right direction. I I think you're being altogether too crazy. You know, Landon. I think I'm just. I I don't know what I ate for <laughs> breakfast this morning. I might just be in a happier mood. But I <laughs> I don't know. The whole like I heard him say that and was like, man, when I was 13, I was not making jokes that good. Randy is just. <laughs> uh, he's got a great life ahead of him. Well, you also didn't have a team of writers writing for you. That that is, that is very true. That is very true. Although I think that. Even without the, the, I mean, this specific team of writers, they come up with good jokes, not always great titles. So I think I might have been better at coming up with titles when I was Randy's age. Uh, how about this for a, for a joke? Randy walks in. Instead of saying anything, he just goes, like maybe he walks in and he goes like not not to like not not to not to try and take over your joke here but like no, I, like he, he one up me bring he, it he, he, he comes in and he goes i've heard of the chicken dance but this is ridiculous and then he looks at the camera and it zooms in on his face <laughs> all of a sudden this is a uh, randy is played by fred armisen i basically yeah and then he and then and then because it's an snl sketch he like starts laughing and then everyone else starts laughing and it goes on for eight minutes um <laughs> Lauren ding dongs again, and uh, the door opens. She is standing there, remember, ready to go to the concert. Remember when people would ring your doorbell and not just text you when they were outside? Those those were the days. Uh, I have that again. I think I've well, at least on the nights episode mentioned about my intercom that I have oh, in my yeah. new apartment, and it is it terrifies me. It scares me to death every time it goes off. <laughs> Is it just, it's just friendly, random Wisconsinites coming by and buzzing you to drop off casseroles to welcome you to the state? 
<laughs> Actually, what it is is they whenever they drop off a package uh, in the lobby for whoever, um, they'll just ring your bell on the way out to let you know that it's been delivered. Every time it either catches me in the bathroom or when I'm uh, uh, watching a horror movie and <laughs> – it just it throws me off every time. I'm like, I'm not expecting anybody. Who could be interrupting me right now? Is there a killer waiting downstairs for me? <laughs> and and so far, I mean, well, have you opened the packages? Maybe the killer is inside the package or inside the <laughs> casserole. Uh, surprise, the killer's inside me. Oh, I see. Mark then Lauren, leaves. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, yeah, Mark, yeah Lauren, Lauren has arrived for the concert. Uh, she's waiting for Brad to come down. And then uh, we, big reveal, she's going to the concert. And Randy goes, who's we? Dun, dun, dun. Senator Jason slides into frame. What? Him? He's there as her date. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and that's, this is, this is why people hate politicians. Because they're always sidling in and stealing the object <laughs> of JTT's affections. <laughs> uh brad comes rushing downstairs and they all leave uh and uh yeah i guess at some point mark did leave because after they rush out the door it just leaves randy and jill there uh kind of gasping in in what just happened and uh jill is very like oh my god that I didn't know she was dating him. That must suck for you. Doesn't that suck for you? <laughs> oh, God, but you're going to cry about it or something, aren't you, little baby? <laughs> what are you going to cry about it? I can cook now. I don't need your love anymore. <laughs> so, sorry, ki- chicken cacciatore is for winners, not for friendless losers like you who can't even get a date. You eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, asshole. <laughs> um, Jesus, Jill took a real heel turn there. Well, after she learned that she was too critical of Tim, she's being very nice to Tim and is moving all she's the criticism onto the boys. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, but no, but she like it's this, it's this really great, I think, really well acted moment between both of them. And as I think we've always said that that Patricia Richardson and JTT have great chemistry. But mm-hmm. she's saying like, "Oh man, are you are you doing okay? Like, are are you all right?" I mean, and and Randy is very much like, "No, I'm fine. We're just friends. We're just working on something for the school paper." it's fine and he is very clearly hurt by it but he's conveying that while saying the opposite and it's just a good little bit of you know kind of nuanced acting on a sitcom that i don't feel like you see very often and i like acting and writing and we get some melancholy strings that uh (laughs) fade us to black melon collins the 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 fruit based spinoff of phil collins work (laughs) i i mean i don't know i feel like everyone was trying to cash in on weird al's food-based parodies but melon collins really didn't (laughs) i don't know it wasn't for me is all i'm saying i hear you uh we go to the garage where um tim uh is working on the hot rod and from the other room jill just uh calls out tim you were right and he goes i know she goes don't you want to know what you're right about he goes i don't care i just love being right <laughs> and and i thought that was a good line That's no why I no no, 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 no. I, I i liked it as well it was very much it tracks for tim and it's funny and nobody gets hurt um <laughs> but he enters the the kitchen and that's where jill proceeds to tell him about lauren and jason and uh she she's dating jason and tim goes oh what does she even see in him his dad drives a pacer <laughs> but th- this is a little uh, uh something must have happened um between the last episode of senator jason and this one because 
Uh, last I remember, Tim was smitten with him. Well, no, Tim was smitten with Senator Jason a few episodes ago, but then after Senator Jason organized the Halloween party at the house, and then I think that's what turned Tim permanently against Senator Jason. No, no, it was the other, it was the other Geoff-directed uh, episode, Alarmed by Burglars, where they see him uh, shit-talking tool time on the cam on the front door. Oh, that's it. Well, of course Tim's not gonna, like, Tim's n- never gonna forget that. I mean, you can't get yeah. back in after you've dissed tool time. That's, that makes sense. They should call it fool time, is I believe what he said, which is indeed the most common insult that people deploy <laughs> against tool time on this show. <laughs> Tim is, uh, determined to get Lauren back, though, and he's like, I got an idea, we're gonna schmooze her with some car stuff, we'll get her in the garage, we'll invite her over, I'll have her help me with the hot rod, all the meanwhile, I'll be building up Randy and, uh, talking about how great he is and how shitty, uh, Senator Jason is. He's not even a real senator, that's just some nickname that two dopey podcasters gave him. <laughs> and, and, you know, and... Yeah, look, and I agree with Tim in this case, too. I mean, I haven't always been on board with him, but, you know, th- he's right. We did just give him that name, and maybe maybe we've applied it a little too strongly. So, ultimately, I think I, that's another Tim thing that, I, um, that I'm on board with in this episode. I think he was pretty well written in taking us down preemptively from 20 years in the past. Uh, uh, but but Jill, Jill's still feeling a little, like... Uh, She's reaching out and, you know, empathizing with Randy's plight and his uh, broken heart with this whole thing, which takes us to um, the next scene slides into place. One thing before that scene slides into place, Tim lays out his whole plan to, you know, get her back by having her come over to work on the hot rod and talking up Randy, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Jill says that will never work. And Tim says, you've just never seen me in action. And Jill goes, unfortunately, I have, (laughs) (laughs) which was just a solid burn. But then she goes out back. Yeah, slides into uh, the fence, slides up into frame, and uh, smoke is everywhere as Wilson is burning food to sacrifice to the Chinese festival of hungry ghosts. Landon, do you think this is a real thing? <laughs> yes, I do. I don't think it's a real thing. I have done no research whatsoever. It just seems. It just doesn't <laughs> then, seem like a thing that's real. <laughs> then you take us through what happens uh, here, and I will uh, do some research on this. Okay, perfect. So they they get out there. He explains, you know, I'm burning food because, yeah, for the uh, Chinese Festival of Hungry Ghosts. And Jill says, oh, that's a change. You're burning food. Well, And for the first time, I'm actually trying to make something good. And Wilson says, aha, but the people eating my food are dead already. And uh, <laughs> which and they died on Sunday, August 22nd, uh, which is Ghost Festival. Oh, man. Also known as Hungry Ghost Festival. I am not going to be insensitive to um, the Chinese culture by trying to pronounce this because I know I will wise, fuck it up. Wise, good idea, um, good idea. But it is a traditional Buddhist or Taoist uh, festival held in certain East Asian countries. You know what? Shame on me for underestimating China's ability to have holidays I've never heard of. Um so, uh, you know, Jill's explaining about how Randy has this huge crush on this girl who is now going out with somebody else and how she's so worried about him and wants to help him, but she doesn't know how. And Wilson first harkens back to his first love in fourth grade, this girl who with whom he was inseparable until they had a huge fight and never spoke again. And she asks what happened. And Wilson says, I think we had a falling out because I was a laissez-faire capitalist while she was more of a neo-Marxist. And Jill just goes, kids. <laughs> and I also just want to say, um, 
I'm really I, dis- I knew that you would have a comment here. I'm really disappointed in Wilson for being a laissez-faire capitalist. I, I mean, I get it was when he was nine, for what it's worth. Well, it was I, when he was nine. Well, I hope he called up that friendly, sweet neo-Marxist girl later and told her, you know, <laughs> like, oh, well, highly ho, former girlfriend, or you know, having seen how the Reagan administration went, I have to say you were right all along. Um, <laughs> but so. So that first, but then also he tells Jill, look, you it's not your place to jump in and try and help Randy get with this girl. Disappointment is part of life. You can't protect him forever, and this will ultimately make him stronger. And Yeah. He she he suggests that she's being overprotective and he quotes Nietzsche by you know, uh that famous phrase that uh that which does not destroy me only makes me stronger. Uh and, and I which... can't wait much longer, yes. Yeah, to which Jill responds, well, what the hell did Nietzsche know? He wasn't a mother. <laughs> and then Wilson just kind of like taps out of the conversation, just like, okay, have a good one. And he just goes back to well, burning no, he, he He goes, well, I think I know a thing or two. And he goes, well, what do you know? You're not a mother either. And <laughs> that's when Wilson's like, okay, I'm done. Goodbye. Thanks for stopping by. Peace out. Get the fuck off my fence. Yeah. So it's like, this This fence is a boundary and I'm going to leave it here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, which I'm a little disappointed that that breaking point didn't happen with Tim earlier than it happening with Jill. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm here for, for Wilson's, uh, uh, you know, boundaries. Yeah, he's trying look, he's trying to celebrate the Festival of Hungry Ghosts. And, and she's just, you know, she's here <laughs> trying to trying to mom explain to him. Um, we cut to later by the front door. Randy is watching out the window waiting for the return of uh, Brad and Senator Jason and Lauren and uh, Angela. Yes. And Jill comes in and finds him there and he tries to play it cool like, oh, yeah, just kind of just waiting to see when Brad was going to get back. That's all. It's not a big deal, you know. And Jill does something very clever and she says, she starts talking to Randy and says, you know, it really hurt when the Psychologist Association didn't want me to cook for the psychology convention. It really hurts to be rejected. And Randy goes, you're comparing my tuna, you're comparing your tuna surprise to my life. And she goes, well, not anymore. And then Randy, in in another moment of great writing, says, well, your tuna surprise at least had a chance. I waited too long and I missed my shot with Lauren. And I, I, I always love a good Randy and Jill exchange. Uh, me too. And, and it continues uh, by her saying, well, you know, if there's hope for me to cook a decent meal, then there's hope for you and Lauren. And uh, Randy just waits a pause and goes. So you're saying there's no hope. <laughs> well, she does two things. First, she explains that, oh, Jason, no one likes Jason. He's awful. He's sneaky. I mean, his dad drives a pacer, for God's sake, which I thought was <laughs> funny. And then and then off of his line about, you know, if there's hope for me to cook a decent meal, there's hope for you and Lawrence. You're saying there's no hope. She says, well, try this, because she's got, like, the food is finished and it's packaged up for her to take to the thing the next day. So she gives him a spoonful of the chicken, and it's actually really good. And he says, wow, it tastes like food. <laughs> And she goes, you know, I I think we have a great relationship. Uh, You know, you being able to open up and us being able to talk about our uh, feelings and emotions with one another. You know, I think a lot of uh, parent, you know, relationships need to be like that. And meanwhile, Randy's kind of tiptoeing backwards out the room and (laughs) and heads his way downstairs before she realizes he's gone. (laughs) And this is both funny and also kind of a dick move, Randy. I mean... (laughs) Your mom's kind of a help- dick move. Also, something I feel like I would have done though. I guess maybe it's true. It's true to form, and it does get called back very nicely in just a moment. But like, yeah, yeah, him just like I don't even want to like say goodbye or say whatever, mom, and leave. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fade into the darkness. 
Uh, teenagers are nightmares. Uh, we cut to the dining room where Lauren and Randy are writing together. They're finishing up their article on the ballet, and uh, Randy comes up with the clincher to the article, saying, uh, "Don't let this be the swan song for Swan Lake." We and and again, I, I wish we could have Randy come on the show to take a guest some titles because that was pretty good. That was a pretty <laughs> pretty solid last line. Also, we need to call out again. Uh, Randy is typing on a novel invention, a sort of foldable computer, <laughs> if you will, that is so compact the, and portable it only weighs 15 pounds. The hinge on it uh, from opening up to closing looked so big, like it has this, this uh, wheel on it that I'm like, <laughs> I expected that thing to like roll off the table at one point you know <laughs> it's it, Tim install like a remote control in it and it just flies off if you if you tried to take this laptop on a plane they'd say i'm sorry sir that's that's too big to carry on you need to check this through <laughs> <laughs> um but so they they finish it up and she's getting ready to go she has to do other homework and randy says oh well i don't know i was thinking maybe you know we've spent so much time working on this ballet article we haven't really been able to talk just the two of us and she says, okay, well, what do you want to talk about? And Randy goes, I don't know, politics, sports, maybe your date with Jason the other night. And she said, oh, it wasn't a date, although he thought it was. Yeah. He kept complimenting me on my hygiene. <laughs> and she's, you know, they were they were just going, but they were just going as a group, and Jason was trying to take it too far. He's a jerk. She's not into him. She could never really be into somebody like him. And... Randy, Randy's like, great, awesome, I mean, cool, or whatever, but he's being very nervous about it, <laughs> and then he just, he, my note is just, Randy very cutely asks her out, and it's just, like, I was I was going to say he awkwardly asks her out, but I don't think he awkwardly asks her out, he's kind of... I, I think it, it was awkward, but it was very sweet, I think they're, they're not mutually exclusive. It wasn't, I guess I've seen... Like having like I've watched movies like Eighth Grade or then like watching Pen Fifteen and I've seen so many like brutally exactingly realistic depictions of yeah. awkwardness. So seeing this stylized sitcom, America's sweetheart, cutest boy in the world, asking a girl out, pretending to be nervous about it is I don't know. It 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 goes down smooth. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, and I would just say that there is a spectrum of awkwardness. <laughs> Uh, the, that I have run the entire gamut through uh, at one point or another in my life. So the um, the autism spectrum, if you will. <laughs> mm, I won't. You won't. <laughs> and I shouldn't have, and yet I did. Um, uh, so uh, she ends up saying, "Oh, you know, I'm just not in a place where I want to be dating people right now. I'm just having fun hanging out with my friends." Yeah, and. And Randy, God bless him, is just like, yeah, okay, cool. So we can, but we can still be friends. And then, you know, maybe sometime later. And she, she says, well, yeah, if you know, if if I feel like I'm ready later, you know, maybe you'll still be available. And I, I don't know. I, I a, I was not expecting this. Like this was a twist that I was not expecting that that he would ask her out and she would say no. And I just really loved, I don't know, how real it was and also yeah. how maturely the show handled it and how maturely randy handled it and how it just was put out there like yeah you, sometimes you'll like people who don't like you get the fuck over it everybody can be <laughs> friends like i i don't know i yeah, i, was I just agree really happy it to see a, that it was a yeah a, a different way to end the episode um and one that you know i think as the kids are getting more into their teenage years and dealing with these sorts of issues i i hope to see kind of these unconventional um 
storylines and, and ways to end the, uh, you know, these sort of sitcom episodes. Yeah, yeah. So Sitcom episodes. These, these here are sitcom episodes. On the other hand, I'm kind of sad because I actually, I, I really did like Lauren a lot. I mean, I know Randy did too, but I liked her character a lot and I liked her, I liked the performance a lot. And so I hope we see more of her regardless, even if they're not dating. I hope we just see we her as- We certainly will. Okay, good. As Randy's cool female friend, I'm into it. <laughs> uh at that point tim comes in and sees lauren there and he starts like immediately launching into his uh hype man routine uh building randy up oh randy i got tickets to that hot rod show you wanted me to get for you boy lauren let me tell you this guy loves cars oh and you know who i saw when i was picking him up it was jason's parole officer boy i feel sorry for anybody who hates <laughs> who dates that loser and he's like what I love, this is my favorite, I, this is my favorite version of Tim. It's that Tim has hatched this whole harebrained scheme, and then the episode has progressed without him, and now Tim is still trying to put this scheme into motion when everyone, <laughs> like, I love, yeah. I love when that is the Tim that we get, a Tim who is earnestly, steadfastly trying to help out in, 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 with all of the best intentions, trying to do the right thing, but he's just like three steps behind everybody else. That is yeah. hilarious to me. <laughs> Uh, and while he's going through this whole rigmarole, uh, Randy and Lauren, uh, slip out of the room before he realizes, and he just keeps going and going and going until, uh, he realizes they're gone. And it makes the earlier iteration of that with Jill a little better because it was a setup for a cool dunk on Tim later. (laughs) We cut to our stinger where Tim and Jill are reading magazines and talking about having a little girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and... This is now, of course, this was a very like a a couple seasons ago. This is a very real possibility of them having another kid and they decided not to. But now that it's more (laughs) abstract, they can dream. But Tim is (laughs) Tim is talking about how he'd get her, you know, uh, get her. Oh, I get her a pink ratchet set and a cuddly muscle car and baby's first tire iron. And and Jill (laughs) says, well, what would you do when your adorable girl started dating guys like Jason? And Tim goes, that's what the tire iron is for. (laughs) (laughs) we go to the grunt count um my guess for this week is zero no what it's actually and listen i did some work guys i actually applied myself to my job this week it's three and now those of you who watched closely will you know well, I don't, I don't really know what reaction you're having no, right Nobody's now. watching closely. That's what we do. I, I guess <laughs> that's what we're for. <laughs> I know. I agree. I, but I've met other people who are saying like, oh, no, I want to watch the episodes while I listen to the podcast. And I'm like, no, it was that's never designed Truman, Truman. for that. That's their excuse to not listen to our show. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't want to listen to the podcast until I can watch along with you guys. Oh my! The god. show's not available anywhere. Oh my god! I just I'm sorry. I just always just taken that at face value and never considered that. You know, when I finally get to that farm where all of my childhood pets are living and running free and being happy, I'm going to tell them this story and we're all going to have a huge laugh. Um, but. The the grunt count for this episode. So there's the, all of the grunting happens in the first scene where Tim and Lauren meet. And when she first starts displaying uh, knowledge of the car, Tim gives a classic square-edged uh, grunt. And then she's... Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, with the welding mask on. Yes, exactly. But then she's talking about more things to do with the car. And Tim confounds me with a lot of like, Oh, yeah, all right, gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. And now I went through and I I I reversed and forwarded and at great personal peril, mind you, with my rickety old PS3. I reversed <laughs> and went through this this bit multiple times, and I came up with a total 
for the episode of Three Grunts, because in the last two of his grunt speakings to her, he, like, in the middle, between words, he does a monosyllabic grunt sound that cannot be considered a word. So kind of a, you know, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then... Uh, okay, he- well, then I, I want to put in an appeal to the official grunt court. Oh, man. Uh, uh, d- just... For- it, the, <laughs> it, the election is over. The Three Grunts won... <laughs> You're eroding our <laughs> not, grunt Not for this episode, for for a previous episode where I guessed two and it was ended up being one, but you didn't count the grunt. The you didn't count the grunt <laughs> where he started a sentence by going oh rah, 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 and then speaking. He he gave one single grunt before saying oh whatever I can't remember what the st- statement was. Mm, do you remember what the episode was? It was either the last episode or the one before it. <sighs> okay, actually, I, I think it was Future Shock future shock okay i'll go back to that one for review and that might increase our overall grunt grunt count by one it just yeah you know and it look either way this is an edge case but on multiple rewatches it's like well clearly even though they're mostly grunt words the intent of this is a grunt and it's it's hard to but yeah okay uh, well i i would your exact argument here is what i would put for uh the argument for future shock Okay. Okay. Well, you know what, Landon, I'm, I I might grant you that one. I look. I will hear. Okay. I've I've agreed to hear the case. Uh, when when we are you know in our next in our next session, which is June of 2023. Um. <laughs> but yes, grunt count this week is three. Okay. That is. Uh, I'm glad. Well, the game was uh, null and void. Our Chalupa challenge this week was null and void because there were no character actors, so we couldn't play our meta game. Were they on ER? So. Um, shruggy emoji. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that we didn't cover this episode that you want to? Uh, no, I don't think that there is, aside from, of course, our outro, because there's so much good information in that, and no one ever skips it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and it goes something like this. <clears throat> Grunt work is made possible by people like you. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create this show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over on our Patreon. That's right. For as little as $1 a month, that's right, just $1 a month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content, including our weekly Grunt Work Nights episodes, and access to watch us record live over Discord, including our first ever live episode, which is going to be two weeks from now on December 27th. Mark your well, calendars. Not, not- Hold on, not two weeks from when the episode airs, two weeks from when we record the episode, so it will, well, you said the date, December 27th. Two two weeks from the moment that I'm saying this, two weeks from the time that I am in, which is the only time that matters. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, two weeks from today, which will be December 27th, uh, join us on Discord, you can find uh, links to that in our newsletter, which is on our website. Um, or on our Twitter, other places, we will be making that uh, well-known to you guys uh, leading up over the next two weeks uh, to join our Discord server. Anybody can join, and uh, Patreon people can watch us uh, record these episodes live. So uh, I'm gonna, that's exciting. I'm excited to, uh, to get in on that. If you want to get in on that, um, you can do also all of that sort of stuff over at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Yes, you can watch the sausage getting made and, you the know. Kielbasa. You, you can watch, look, better to watch the kielbasa get made than to smell the car after it's been eaten. <laughs> and that just prevented people from signing up. Uh, <laughs> oh, us. really, nothing else that we've done? Nothing? Nope. That, that was the thing just that, that went over the end? Because that was the first that's... fart joke I've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's the fastest, easiest. You know what? I'm not going to go in this anymore. Uh, people know it's easy to leave a rating. So you could just, um, you know, stop what you're doing. I mean, you can continue to listen to us and go rate us. It takes all of 15 seconds. And let's give them 15 seconds of time to see just how simple it would be for them to go and rate us. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's the thing that we can do in these 15 seconds that will illustrate for people how how easy it is to, to do a review of us right now? Like, you know what? How many of my fingernails can I clip in this time? <laughs> Jesus Let's Christ. see. No, Please, no, no, guys, listen no, very closely. That's, that's listen a very pet closely. peeve of mine. I don't like it. I don't like hearing it. That's one. I don't want it. It's, like, as gross as and, mouth noises. And that's a, Please, that's almighty a thumb, God, too. That was a big one. Hear. Guys, oh. You this know, is grossing me out. Okay, that's 15 seconds. I don't even care if it was two. Let's get back to... T- I'm so glad that people generally skip the outro because I think this specific outro has done more to drive listeners away from our show than anything we've ever recorded before. <laughs> I, I want to be driven away from our show as well after this. Yeah, I, uh, I throw myself out a window to get away from our show. You can stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at Truman Caps. Um, and not get a response uh, because I'm not on Twitter right now for my own sanity (laughs) or you could join us on discord where you could find the link on our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com and you can find more information on today's show there as well as sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released get the grunt count hint exclusive trivia and more until next week nope until two weeks from now, I forgot to update that. Oh Until boy! Two, two weeks from now, when we'll be recording our live, our first live episode ever on Discord, uh, and we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, you can't trust Senator Jason. Just because he compliments your hygiene doesn't mean he's right to represent us in Washington. Vote no on Senator Jason. We took a hard turn on him. Yeah, I, I you know, it, it's after the election. Everything's changed now. <laughs> <laughs>